Welcome, welcome everyone to the second episode of Real Life and Fantasy Football, a podcast where we talk about, you guessed it, real life and a little bit of fantasy football. So this is going to be a fun episode today. We are going to do a live best ball draft on Underdog. I'm not a paid sponsor of Underdog or anything. I don't receive anything from them, but I do really enjoy their app. They, uh, in my opinion, have one of the best apps for best ball drafts, and uh, uh, that's actually all that I do on their on their app. But we will uh, actually hop right in pretty quickly here. I am already in the draft room. It looks like we filled up, so I'm starting in 60 seconds. I will be drafting from the fourth slot, which I do really enjoy. Uh, I like early round picks, kind of one through four, or like the 10, 11, or 12 slot. I'm not really a big fan of the middle round picks. I like beginning or end because then I usually end up getting two picks pretty close to each other as the rounds go on. So once the draft gets going, you have 30 seconds per pick. And we will be picking, let me make sure I have everything right here. Uh, pick one QB, or sorry, the, the active roster every week will be one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, and then 10 bench spots. So cool thing about best ball is that you don't have to set your lineup every week. You draft at the beginning of the year, and then it automatically sets your best players for that week. So, um, yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm drafting from the 104 slot, and draft is already underway. Jonathan Taylor went off the board first, and then Christian McCaffrey. That's pretty typical. I've done quite a few best ball drafts. And, uh, all right, I'm on the clock. Cooper Cup was taken. So that leaves me with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, uh, a couple running backs, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, but I'm definitely going to go Justin Jefferson this year in his third year. He's had a great time already in, uh, in Minnesota. Let me see. I think he has the highest... Um, let me look it up here. I think he has the highest receiving yardage totals in the first two years of, of a career. Um, well, he had 1,400 receiving yards in his first year in 2020 and 1,600 receiving yards last year. Yeah, so I'm excited. He's going to be a PPR monster. All right, so I have... Uh, 14 picks to go. So I got quite a while. So strategy as far as best ball. So like I said, since you're only going to play uh, or it's going to select your two highest scorers every week for running back, I, if I can, try to get one elite running back in the first few rounds, and then I try to go for value at running back in the later rounds. So uh, I'll talk through that as well as we go throughout the draft. Guys that I think are values at each pick, guys that I think you should be targeting in your drafts, whether it's a best ball draft or your 
um, you know, any other type of league. Best ball is also interesting just in the planning or kind of thinking through guys that you would draft. So best ball, you really ideally want the guys that are going to have the monster weeks. So for example, guys like T Higgins, you know, he might have eight, 10, 12 fantasy points, but then he'll go off for 37 fantasy points like he did last year. Uh, I think it was like week 16 against Baltimore. So those guys that give you the the, the big weeks are um, are going to help you, you know, with those bigger point totals. So, all right. So I still got about nine picks to go, and I I do really just love how Underdog has their app set up. Uh, just a good layout, and you can click and select by you know if you just want to look at quarterbacks, if you just want to look at running backs, or you can view everybody that's available. They even list their bye weeks next to the player and um, the average ADP or average draft position. And you can even click down. So I'll look at Saquon Barkley here. Um, it gives his team his bye week, position rank last year. It gives, or sorry, position rank this year. Uh, has some news updates. It has his projected points for this year his points last year and the previous year so pretty cool and if i can get it here i would love to get deandre swift i think he's going to have a monster year oh there he goes so he went off the board i am up in three picks so another really cool feature of underdog is um, that for um, each of the managers picking right now they have a little bar under our names that shows how many of each position we've drafted so far. So, you know, how many QBs, how many running backs, how many wide receivers, how many tight ends. So it being an early round, you don't really use that feature as much, but in later rounds, it's good because you can uh, get an idea of what guys you need to select. I'll come back to that thought here. So I'm on the board. Mark Andrews is available to me. Mike Evans, Tyree Kill, Leonard Fournette. A.J. Brown, Nick Chubb. Let's see. 16 seconds left. Uh, since I do have an elite wide receiver already, gosh, Mark Andrews is really um, that's really tempting there. I think I'm going to go Leonard Fournette. So now I have a running back that I know is going to get pretty much all the carries. He's uh, still a moderately young guy, 27, which is um, – kind of middle of the pack as far as age for running backs. Usually 29, 30, that's when running backs start. You see a lot of running backs retire. So uh, now I'm up in, okay, this is going fast, up in three picks again. So again, that's what I like about being at the beginning or the end of a draft is you get to kind of target a couple guys, two or three guys that uh, you can try to take because you're going to have two picks fairly close to each other. So Mike Evans went off the board, Tyreek Hill, Mark Andrews, James Conner, all those guys went off the board after my pick. There goes Kyle Pitts. Ooh, that's a that's a high pick for Kyle Pitts. So guys that are available now, A.J. Brown, Nick Chubb, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. Ooh, I would have gone Michael Pittman there. He just got selected. So right now I'm deciding between T. Higgins and Mike Williams. 
Both are kind of the 1B receivers on each of their teams. Oh, that's a tough one. I think Joe Burrow's going to have a really good year. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to go Mike Williams, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers. I just like Justin Herbert. So Mike Williams is tied to an elite quarterback, and he had a great year last year. I've, I've noticed that I tend to err on the side of players that I have in other drafts and her other leagues so in one of my dynasty leagues i have leonard fournette who helped me win a championship two years ago and i have t higgins so uh, i've been enjoying the fruits of those guys labors for sure all right so up in 14 picks 13 picks so another feature that you can use in the underdog app is they have this little star next to each player so you can star a player and that goes into your queue that way you can switch over to that tab and just look at the players you're targeting um, and then it also shows you the board so it you can look at every pick that's happened so far uh, it gives you the entire draft board up to this point all right, let's see here. All right, so up in nine picks. So I can kind of look roughly eight or nine spots down the list here of guys that are left. So that would be guys like Terry McLaurin. I would love to get him if I could. Another guy I'm targeting in the third late third round early fourth round is Allen Robinson a lot of people have been down on Allen Robinson he just didn't have quite the uh, the years that everyone was expecting of him to have in Chicago now he's with the Rams he's tied with the high-powered uh, Sean McVay offense I I think he's being undervalued and in theory, if anyone or if anything happened to Cooper Cup, then I think Allen Robinson would step into that number one role and soak up all those targets just like Cooper Cup did last year. So, all right, someone took him. So Allen Robinson's off. Gabe Davis is off the board. I I am just not as high on Gabe Davis. I I get that he's in Buffalo and he had a you know monster game against the Chiefs in the playoffs last year and. I, I just kind of wonder if it was a, a, a one-hit wonder, quote-unquote, and uh, he just kind of popped at the right time. And, yeah, I'm, I have not targeted Gabe Davis much in many of my drafts, but who knows? Could be wrong. So I'm up in two picks. Let's see. Cortland Sutton, oh, he's gone. I, I think Cortland Sutton's going to have a great year. I've read a lot of articles about People projecting him to be this year's Cooper Cup. There goes Jerry Judy. All right, so, so far my team is Leonard Fournette, Justin Jefferson, and Mike Williams. All right, Terry McLaurin just went. Otherwise, I would have picked him. Ooh, a lot of good quarterbacks available. Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. I think I am going to go. A lot of people will think this is a bit of a stretch. Ooh, ah, this is a tough one. Uh, 
I'm going to go Justin Herbert. I usually don't go quarterbacks this early, but I do think he's a good good value there. I think he's going to have an incredible year. And I do get that stack of him and Mike Williams. So if they both have an incredible week, then you get um, not necessarily double the points, but you get the points for each of them. Uh, so that's going to be... I don't typically go for a stack, but uh, that one kind of just fell in my lap. So I'm up in four picks. Um, I have my QB. Uh, so a reason I usually wait on quarterbacks is that there's uh, actually a lot of good quarterbacks. It used to be that there were a couple elite guys, and then it was kind of meh after that. But the drop-off in points between... Uh, you know, let's say the top, you know, maybe number three or four quarterback and the number 10 quarterback. Sometimes at the end of the year, the point total finishes is, you know, that's only like a 30 or 40 point differential. So you can wait several rounds and still get a lot of value out of quarterback. So uh, I'm, I, I digress because I went against my usual there. So I'm on the clock again. I was hoping Brandon Cook's would have fallen to me. I think he's a massive, massive pick in round five. Okay, I got 10 seconds left here. I am going to go take a flyer here on Michael Thomas. He, uh, as most of you probably know, didn't have a, a good year last year. He uh, was kind of riddled with injury, so... Um, he was, gosh, what was his? Oh yeah, he, he didn't have any, I forgot he didn't play at all. So three seasons ago in 2019, he had a monster year, 300 fantasy points. Uh, that was actually the year that I won my family fantasy league when I drafted Michael Thomas and uh, Lamar Jackson that year. Lamar Jackson, that was his first year, and nobody really knew what to expect out of him, and he went off. So I uh, I am a Michael Thomas believer. Uh, let's see, age 29, so he's getting up there as far as receivers go. But uh, I think if he's well-rested enough, I think he's going to have a pretty good year. And, yeah, James Winston, as we know, likes to uh, – Likes to bomb it. He he's a yeah he's a bold thrower for sure. He uh, I think it was two years ago that he had the uh, infamous thirty for 30, 30 touchdowns, thirty interceptions. So yeah, he's he's not afraid to air it out. All right, this draft is man, this draft is going a lot quicker than previous drafts. Usually it takes about an hour to do a best ball draft on underdog. Um, we're flying through. We're already in the sixth round. So guys that I like here, I really like Jalen Hurts. He uh, he has the rushing ability. He has some better passers around him this year. Um, yeah, it's I think it's going to be a good year for him. So had I not taken uh, Justin Herbert, I probably would be going Jalen Hurts here. So I have... Uh, one running back, three wide receivers, and a quarterback that I've already picked. So 
If I can, I'd like to get a running back here, but uh, let's see, David Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell, uh, San Francisco with Elijah Mitchell. I just never know what that backfield is going to look like. So I've taken a flyer on him sometimes, and I don't know, I'm just not feeling it right now. All right, up in two picks. I'm hoping David Montgomery is still there. If not, I'm looking at guys like Brandon Ayuk, Alan Lazard, Drake London, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz as a tight end. Uh, actually, I think I might go Dalton Schultz if this guy doesn't pick him. All right, he went Trey Lance. So, yeah, I'm going to go Dalton Schultz here. Most people don't know that he finished as a tight end three last year after Kelsey and um, and after Marky Mark, Mark Andrews in Baltimore. So, yeah, Dalton Schultz. Uh, there's a lot of vacated targets in Dallas with Amari Cooper being gone and with Michael Gallup kind of being up in the air as far as uh, potentially not being ready due to injury. So... Yeah, I actually really like that pick. So tight end is another option similar to quarterback where unless you get one of the top two guys, you really could wait as far as a best ball draft is concerned. And you could just go tight end heavy later in the draft and you know pick three or four guys and hope one of them hits every week and you get a higher point total. But now that I got it, Fairly elite tight end. I can really concentrate now on running backs and wide receivers. Let's see here. I am going to go. I do need another running back. Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds, Ramondre Stevenson. Ooh, I think I'm just going to risk it. Um, I'm going to go Hunter Renfro here. I think he's a good value in in this round. I think people are down on him because of the Devontae Adams trade. So I think people are automatically going to assume that Devontae Adams is going to eat up all the targets. But Derek Carr has good rapport with Hunter Renfro. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at uh, or pretty happy about sticking with that pick. Let's look at Hunter Renfro here. Yeah, so he will most likely be the number two or three, kind of depending on how you look at um, their tight end, Darren Waller. Okay, so obviously Devontae Adams is listed as a first wide receiver. Hunter Renfro listed as wide receiver two. Yeah, he had 128 targets last year. I think he'll have honestly the same or even more. His, he's gone up every year in uh, in targets. First year he had 71. Second year in 2020 he had 77. And last year, 128. Wow, he was the number 11 finisher Hunter Renfro was in PPR last year. So yeah, I would say in the in the seventh round that's a that's a huge value pick. All right, let's take a look here, get back to the draft. I'm up in nine picks. So guys like Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, those are available, but I'm not really targeting a quarterback. So 
I would love to look at the running backs here. So I'm going to click this running back tab so it will only list the running backs. Miles Sanders, Rashad Penny. I, I do like Rashad Penny's finish last year. He was, I think, from weeks, I mean, it was like 11 through the end or something like that. He was like number one or number two in fantasy points. Uh, I just am really unsure about... Um, who was the other guy? Kenneth Walker that they drafted. So um, let's see. So another app that I use is the Sleeper app. I use that a lot for my um, other drafts that I'm in, other leagues that I'm in. Cool feature that they have is, uh, you know, listing all of the stats from previous years where they finished as far as, um, you know, Rashad Penny, for example, he was the 30 ranked 31st for running backs in, uh, in standard scoring and 41st in PPR scoring. They also have the latest news for every player. They have depth chart. They have, um, wow. I'm up again in this draft. Like I said, really is going quick. So if I'm looking at running backs here, I am going to go, definitely going to go Damian Harris here. He's about eight or ten spots down the list, but I don't think he would be back um, when it circles back around to me in six picks. Damian Harris is another guy that I have on my Dynasty League and... He just ran train last year. He, let's look at some of his games. So he was a little bit slow to start, but like week six, he had a 17-point game. Week seven, 24-point game. Week eight, 14-point game. Week 13, he had a 17-point game. Week 16, 28 points. Week 17, 17 points. Week 18, 15 points. So he had some, some low lows, uh, seven points, nine points, three points, two points, but he had some high highs as far as his point totals, and those are really the guys you want to target. A lot of people are scared about the Ramondre Stevenson effect with running back there in New England, but I think Bill is going to stick with Damian Harris. He is listed as the um, running back one. I think Ramondre Stevenson will mix in quite a bit, but I still think Davian Harris is the guy, so I'm glad I got him there. So I am up next, but my team so far, Justin Herbert, Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams, Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro, tight end Dalton Schultz. So uh, some guys that I love here in the beginning of the ninth round, Robert Woods for Tennessee, and my guy, Tyler Lockett, still available. I am going with Tyler Lockett in this one. I love me some Tyler Lockett, and he is one of the best-kept secrets in fantasy football. For whatever reason, he always falls in drafts, and for whatever reason, he always outperforms. So... Let's look at the last couple years for him. 
it it's just insane. I I will legitimately go as far to say that if you're not looking at Tyler Lockett, especially in best ball, uh, but just in general, then you you might be an idiot. He is, yeah, he he consistently gets a hundred targets or more. He over the last four years, his touchdown totals are eight, ten, eight, and ten. He has finished with over 190 fantasy points the last four years. And a lot of people think, well, um, Russell Wilson's gone, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the Geno coaster it, it is real. I, I'm i going to pull up his targets last year. Even when Russell Wilson was gone last year, Due to injury, Lockett was still producing. I don't recall what week Geno went down, but uh, let's see here. Tyler Lockett, week eight last year against Jacksonville, 20 points. Um, week 11, 13 points. Week 13, 16 points. Week 14, 24 points. Week 18, 24 points. Again, those are the big weeks that you want from your receivers. Uh, I remember two years ago, he had like a 45 point week. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. He's, he's a guy to target in your draft. All right, let's see here. So we're in round 10. This goes, uh, 18 rounds. I probably won't record the whole draft, but I will definitely give you guys some targets for later rounds. So I'm up in seven picks, and now is the time to just stack running backs and wide receivers. I tend to go more wide receiver heavy because, uh, again, every week the it's going to select your top three wide receivers. They're going to have spots in your lineup, and uh, you're only going to have two running back spots. So I don't want to select like seven running backs, and uh, and you know only two of them are going to get going to get played that week. Let's look here. I like Jalen Tolbert. Oh, he just went off the board. Julio Jones is there for me. Garrett Wilson, rookie for the Jets, is there. Russell Gage. Man, I'm not really liking a ton of these. I could grab myself a second tight end here or a second quarterback if I wanted to which I might do. Aaron Rodgers is there. Kirk Cousins is there. Mm, Let's see. Yeah, I'm just not liking a ton of guys at the top of this draft here. I'm just going to go Aaron Rodgers. He'll be a backup quarterback, you could say, to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's going to have monster weeks, so I would imagine most weeks Justin Herbert is going to be in the lineup. But... Aaron Rodgers is gonna still going to have some good weeks. I think people are way too down on Aaron Rodgers. He's I'm pretty sure has won the MVP the last two years. And even though he loses Devontae Adams, I think he's just going to find a way. So, All right, so I'm up in five picks. I'll tell you the guy that I'm going for here is Naheem Hines, running back in Indianapolis. Obviously, he's the number two behind Jonathan Taylor, but... 
Uh, Matt Ryan, their new quarterback, he in his years in Atlanta, he loved targeting. The, the he loved checking down. He he spread the ball around a lot. So I think Naheem Hines is going to get a lot of use, even though Jonathan Taylor is going to be your workhorse. So yeah, let's see here. All right, up in two picks. Justin Fields just went off the board. J.D. McKissick just went off the board. Dang, that's another guy I'm super high on this year is J.D. McKissick. Pretty similar for a lot of those reasons as as Naheem Hines. All right, anyone else that I might miss? I'm going to go Hines here because I definitely don't want to pass him up. All righty. All right, so i got a little bit of time. Um, if we have time, I'll also go over the results from my rookie draft that I did last weekend, a rookie draft for my Dynasty League. And uh, If you're not familiar with Dynasty, you keep all your players every year, so you do your initial draft in the first year, and then since you're keeping all your players, the only players you would draft in the second year and going forward would be rookies. So... I'd like to go over that. And then one of the real life parts of this show that I definitely want to get into is how NFL teams are engaging in their community. So I live in Kansas City. I'm a big Chiefs fan. So we'll talk a little bit about what the Chiefs are doing to engage in their community um, here at the end of the episode here. All right, let's go back. All right, so I'm up in... 11 picks. I got a little bit of time here. Let's see. So guys that I'm looking at here, I think James Robinson for Jacksonville is a big value pick here in the 12th round. I might snag him if he's still available. Let's look. Isaiah Pacheco. All right. Here's my deal with Isaiah Pacheco. I, granted, haven't actually watched, but I think people are are going a little too crazy with him. The running back room is pretty packed in Kansas City. Um, I guess if he if he's doing that well, that's why he's rising up in ADP. But I just think there's other more proven guys around him uh, as far as this as far as the draft and on the Chiefs, on the team, but I think there's a lot of picks that are more worth your while here. All right, so guys like Devontae Parker are available. He's in New England now. Uh, I think he could have a pretty decent year, although I think the Patriots are going to be more run-heavy. So uh, Nicole Hardman, I, I want to like him more. He has the opportunity being the only guy there. Um, you know, a lot of other receivers are gone. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is gone. And they brought in Juju. They brought in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They drafted their rookie, Sky Moore. But Nicole Hardman has the, the opportunity to pop off and have some huge weeks. So that's why I do like him. He might be that fill that deep threat Tyreek Hill role. So I'm up next. I'm hoping Nicole Hardman stays there. 
Let's look down the list here. K.J. Osborne, wide receiver in Minnesota. He's another, I think, value pick. He, he surprisingly, yeah, he had 82 targets last year, and he had seven touchdowns, so he had some, some pretty good production. All right, so McCole Hardman is available. I'm going to go with him. Glad I got him. And again, I'm up in five picks. So I've only taken three running backs. So if I can, I'd like to add a little depth there. I do like the idea of Tyler Algier in Atlanta. He um, obviously will be sharing the backfield with Cordero Patterson, but I do like um, how good of a preseason he's been having. Other guys available, Christian Watson in Green Bay. Another guy I really like, he's a little bit farther down the list here, is Jamal Williams. So Detroit running back. Obviously DeAndre Swift is going to be the main guy, but I think Jamal Williams is still going to have a huge role, and um, especially if anything happened to DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams would have, he would have quite the role. All right, let's take a look here. All right, so I'm up in two picks. Let's scroll back up to the top of my list here. Again, I do like KJ Osborne. I have him starred in my queue. Oh, there he goes. So I won't be picking him. Let's take a look at running backs here. So Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Spiller for the Chargers, Tyler Algier, Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, some other guys down the list here. Uh, I'm going to go Tyler Algier here. Yeah, I definitely like that, that pick. So with later rounds, in best ball drafts, you can be more uh, liberal with taking guys that you know maybe aren't as proven, but in the right situation, they could have huge weeks, score you a lot of points. Um, those are going to be guys that you want to target. And um, yeah, even with running backs, taking guys that you know, maybe aren't the starter. Obviously, later, you know, rounds 10, 11, 12, these later rounds, probably not going to be any starting running backs left, but guys that either have proven as backups that they can step into the role and take the load, uh, like uh, not Amir Abdullah, who's the guy I'm thinking of in um, whoever the backup is in uh, Minnesota, blanking on his name right now, but he. He's filled in for Dalvin Cook and, and proven himself. So, Alrighty. So I'm going to click on tight ends here and see who's left. Uh, I did pick Dalton Schultz, so I think he's going to have good weeks. But another guy that I'm targeting later in drafts is Hunter Henry. I'm more familiar with him from him being in my uh, one of my other fantasy leagues and my dynasty leagues and uh yeah excited um people were kind of 
thinking him and um, and what's his name and Johnu Smith were going to be monster, you know, two tight ends in uh, in New England, but Hunter Henry has been the the guy that has taken the reins on that, and yeah, he was he was a great tight end last year. Wonder what his finish was. I'll look that up here. Um, so I'm up in four picks. All right, so I might go with Hunter Henry there. Let's see who else is available. Yeah, I'm hoping Hunter Henry's is still there. He was the number ten finisher last year, and ah, someone took him. Dang. So he's going off the board as the tight end 16. So that's a huge value if he, you know, if he stays at his number 10 finish from last year or does better, which I think he could do better. Um, Gronk is out. He was the number seven finisher last year. Uh, Zach Ertz, wow, he was the number five. I would not have guessed that. All right, so I am on the board. Tight ends available. Gerald Everett, uh, he's. Has a lot of athleticism, but he's on a new team with the Chargers. I could see them using him. Who else do I like here? Isaiah Spiller, Jarvis Landry, Robbie Anderson. Seven seconds. Oh, baby. I am just going to go. Let's go Gerald Everett. Um, I'm willing to take more of a risk on him as he is my second tight end. And I feel pretty confident, like I said, that Dalton Schultz will have a pretty good year. All right, running backs. I have Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, Tyler Algier. Honestly, kind of a weaker running back room than I usually end up with at this point in the draft. So I'm going to look at my running backs here that are still available. Oh, balls, I'm up again. All right, Raheem Mostert in Miami, Marlon Mack, Houston, Daryl Williams in Arizona. Eek, I will go, oh man, I don't know if I like any of those guys. Let's, uh, um, I'll just go Mostert in Miami. He was the next running back available, and honestly, I just needed a little more depth there. All right, round 15, so we got three more rounds to go. Other quarterbacks I'm targeting late in the last few rounds. I'm not personally going to pick another quarterback in this draft, but I think Daniel Jones uh, with a new Head coach, a new offensive system. I think he's going to thrive more than people are giving him credit for. So I like Daniel Jones late in drafts. I think Baker Mayfield is has a lot to prove. You know, he's on a new team. He had that falling out with Cleveland. So I think he could be a good pick. I In a few of these best ball drafts with my last pick, I'll just go like a Desmond Ritter, uh, the rookie quarterback, in Atlanta, he's backing up Marcus Mariota. I can just easily see Marcus Mariota getting injured in the first or second game, and then they throw Desmond Ritter in, and he's this phenom. And, uh, you know, he's got the rushing ability. He's a, he's a good passer. So 
I could see that happening and no one else picks him. He's always left at the end of drafts. Running backs that I'm targeting this late. I, I really like Dearness Johnson for Cleveland. As of now, he's the third running back on the depth chart. Um, you got Nick Chubb, you got Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, you know, requested a trade. They denied it, so it looks like he's staying there. But, um, you know, I, honestly, midseason, I could still see a, a trade happening if if some team is deficient or they lose someone to injury. So, Dearness Johnson, when he came in last year, gosh, he had those monster games. I think it was against Pittsburgh and kind of the middle of the of the year. Let's look here and see if we can find that. So I'm still up in nine picks. I still got some time there. All right, let's see. Yeah, Darrenish Johnson's still pretty young, 26, out of South Florida. Let's look up his stats from last year here. So yeah, uh, week seven against Denver, he had 22 rushes for 146 yards and a touchdown. So that was 23 points. So guys like that, that are going to give you, you know, even one week, um, he had another big week, week 10 at new England, 19 rushes for 99 yards. He had a 19 point game there. He also had a, added a ton of receptions, seven receptions, 58 yards and a touchdown. So he might only give you one or two weeks. It looks like he played in week 18 as well, got 19 points. But those big weeks is what you want in a, in a best ball draft. So he'll, he'll probably go undrafted in a lot of other leagues, but for a best ball draft as a late round flyer, I would definitely be in for him. So Dearness Johnson I like. Donta Foreman in Carolina. He uh, he had some pretty good rushes filling in last year. And if anything ever happened to Christian McCaffrey, I think Donta Foreman would be ahead of Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard? Chuba, I don't know how to say his name. And deep, deep dive for running backs. Uh, Samaje Pirine in Cincinnati. He, uh, he's the number two behind Joe Mixon, but uh, apparently he's been having a really good camp. So, Samaje so Piran, I guess I can star these guys here. Jeff Wilson, supposedly, in San Francisco, is the number two running back. He's basically being undrafted. All right, so I am up next. Guys that are available, Noah Fant, I don't need a tight end, so no for him. Sammy Watkins in Green Bay. Could be an option. Marlon Mack in Houston. I just I don't want to do Marlon Mack, even though I need a running back. Let's see. Three rounds left, so I definitely want... I think I'm going to go Sammy Watkins here. I think um, as a Chiefs fan, I'm very familiar with him and his injury history. And uh, But he's he is kind of a guy that you want... Uh, as a potential for for best ball, uh, let's look here. I think as a veteran, being among a lot of younger guys in Green Bay, he could easily garner some early trust with uh, 
um, with the Packers there. Alright, let's look here. Yeah, so uh, less than I was expecting. He had an 11-point week in week one. Uh, and then I remember he just dropped off, yeah, in Kansas City. Uh, he had a decent week in week 11. All right, my pick again. I already have two quarterbacks, five running backs, seven wide receivers, two tight ends. So the rest of the draft, well, the last two rounds, I'm either going to go wide receiver or running back. I've done this in a couple drafts, and I'm going to do it again here. I'm going to go Will Fuller. As of now, he's not on a team. Today is August 23rd, 2022. But if he gets picked up with his talent, uh, and obviously you're you know, picking up his injury history as well, but I think he could really be a, uh, a steal for a lot of teams uh, looking for some talent, looking for some depth at wide receiver. So, Maybe he never plays, and I would never get any points out of him in this in this best ball draft in this league, but I have a pretty good set of wide receivers in front of him. So, All right, so we got one round left. Uh, sometimes I'll take a flyer on Odell Beckham pretty much for the same reason. He's not going to be back for quite a while. I think like week 11 is maybe an expected return. Let's go look at my list here or my team so i got two quarterbacks two high level quarterbacks so i don't need to take a third uh dalton schultz and gerald everett are my tight ends so i'm pretty good there uh, i have eight wide receivers justin jefferson mike williams michael thomas hunter renfro tyler lockett even between those first five guys they're going to be the guys scoring most of my points every week Running back, uh, man, not as excited about, but if Leonard Fournette and Damian Harris ball out all week, all year, then then they'll probably be my top two guys. Naheem Hines, he'll have some big weeks. He'll get some, you know, eight catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. Tyler Algier, he'd have to carve himself out of roll. Um, so I'll either go running back or tight end. A tight end that I'm, I don't know if you would say targeting later in rounds, um, but that I just like to take a fun flyer on. Man, he has rocketed, skyrocketed up draft boards here. Isaiah Likely, he's a rookie tight end in Baltimore. And obviously he's playing behind Mark Andrews, so he's not going to supplant him anytime soon. But if Mark was to get hurt, then... Isaiah Likely has apparently been balling out. So if he's available, I'm going to go. Nope, nope. See, someone else took him. So someone took him three picks before me. So people are high on him. Let's see. Don't really like any other tight ends. Daniel Bellinger, he's a rookie tight end for the Giants. Supposedly he's going to be the starter. I'll sometimes take a flyer on Kyle Rudolph as well in Tampa Bay just because he's most likely going to take that Gronk role so he could have some some weeks where he, he has a touchdown or two and gets you some extra points. Uh, let's let's stick with running back here. So Gus Edwards, the number two in Baltimore. Uh, let's see here. Jeff Wilson, San Francisco. I 
have yet to take this guy in any drafts, but I think I'm going to go Samaje P. Ryan. Let's see here. Yeah, because if anything ever happened to Joe Mixon, I think Samaje P. Ryan would step right in and be the lead guy. He is, let's see here. Yeah, he's listed as the number two on their depth chart. Bengals are going to have a high-powered offense. They kind of came onto the scene unexpectedly last year. Uh, had an incredible record going from, you know, losing Joe Burrow early in the season two years ago to uh, now they drafted Jamar Chase, and then they had T. Higgins already. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Samaj P. Ryan is, is a good last pick. All right, so that's that. That is the wrap-up for our best ball draft. Again, that was on Underdog. They have a pretty cool deal, too, where, uh, well, at least when I started a month or two ago, they would match your first deposit up to $100. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so now that the draft is over, they also do projections for your point totals every week. So let me look here. So my team is projected to score 2,649 points, and that's about middle of the pack. Let's see what the highest is, 2,900, a couple 2,700s. But yeah, there's 2,400, so he would be under me, 2,300. Yeah, so my team that I ended up with... Uh, my two quarterbacks, Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers, and again, only the better of those two point totals is the one who's going to play that week. Running backs, two of those play a week. Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, Naeem Hines, Tyler Algier, Raheem Mostert, Samaj P. Ryan. Wide receivers, I'm stoked about my wide receivers. So Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams, Michael Thomas. Hunter Renfro, Tyler Lockett, Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller, tight ends, Dalton Schultz, Gerald Everett. And again, the whole point of best ball is um, it, it automatically sets your best lineup every week. So you don't have to deal with it. It's a fun way to do some drafts. You can do a lot of different drafts. This was a $3 draft. They have, um, they have some featured drafts that they do where their prizes are like a million dollars, two million dollars for the grand prize, and they have payouts out to even thirty-seven thousandth place. So, and that's out of four hundred fifty thousand entrants. So that's what, like, top seven percent or something like that get uh, get paid out in that. They have crazy high entry fees. You can do a two thousand five hundred dollar entry draft. There's only seventy-two entrants in that. And that pays out to 24th place. So, well, that would actually, that's a high percentage. That's like a, the top third will get paid out. Interesting. Um, but they have $3 drafts. They have $5 drafts, $10 drafts, $15 drafts. All the way up, 25 50 100 525 Oh my gosh, they have a $10,000 draft. That's insane. Uh, 
and the drafts are different sizes. So there's three person drafts, 12 person drafts like what I did, six person, 10 person, um, oh, 14 person draft. I haven't seen one of those yet. And they also do slow drafts. So mine was a normal draft with a 30 second timer. They do slow drafts where you have eight hours per pick. So you could do a lot of research, you know, in between your picks just to look at, I mean, you could look at strength of schedule. You could look at, um, yeah, you could really get in the weeds of guys that you're looking at drafting, what their schedule is, who they're playing against, uh, how good those defenses are. You know, it, yeah, you can do a lot of research. So I've done one or two of those. I'm not super high on them. I like these, these quicker drafts again, done in about an hour or less. So, yeah, that's that for the best ball draft. Um, again, went through a lot of players that I like, players that I have have been targeting. Um, I think we'll save the review of my rookie dynasty draft for another week. So we talked a little fantasy football. Let's talk a little real life here. So I thought this was pretty cool. Like I said, I'm a, a big Chiefs fan. I live in Kansas City. And I'll just read this little blurb that they have. So uh, a big part of this podcast, too, is, is that I want to you know, talk about some, some real life. It's Fantasy football is fun, but it's a fun hobby, and uh, I'm a real person. Uh, all you listeners out there are real people, and we've got a lot going on in life. So I uh, want to talk about life as well and, and not shy away from that. And uh, also want to include what NFL teams are doing to engage their community and uh, engage with um, with those in need. So this is the um, I'll just read it out here. So Chiefs charity game benefiting Moxa M O C S A, which stands for Metropolitan Organization uh, to counter sexual assault. So um, Saturday's preseason week two matchup against the Washington Commanders will mark the 38th annual Chiefs charity game since its inception in 1985. And through the vision of Lamar Hunt and the Hunt family, the Chiefs charity game has raised more than $15 million for local charities that support children in need. And for this second consecutive season, the 2022 Chiefs charity game will benefit Moxa Metropolitan Organization to counter sexual assault so just a cool way that the chiefs are uh, engaging in the community engaging with a local organization uh, i looked at their website um, it says moxa's mission is to improve the lives of those impacted by sexual abuse and assault and to prevent sexual violence in the community so they have um, advocacy they have 24-hour crisis lines um, they have help with you know hospital legal police court advocacy um sounds like they're there with you every step of the way they provide counseling as well they provide education and prevention so just a just a cool cool thing that the that the chiefs do that uh i was excited to learn about so yeah in future episodes you can expect more nuggets like that of how uh 
Chiefs or other teams. It'll probably be Chiefs heavy, but uh, yeah, teams and players are engaging in their community. Just a, a fun and different twist on uh, on a podcast here and, and different aspect of fantasy football that that I haven't heard before. So, um, what else? Let's see a couple other real life things. Uh, a couple books I've been reading recently. One of them is called The Next 100 Years, and the author, let me grab my book here, actually, that'll be easier. All right, so The Next 100 Years, um, it says a forecast for the 21st century. I've actually read the book like three or four times, but uh, yeah, I read it again recently because me and a few of my cousins and one of his wives started a book club. We're calling it Whiskey, Wit, and Wisdom, and so each time that we meet, uh, which is about once a quarter, so every three months or so, whoever is uh, whoever picked the book brings a new whiskey for all of us to try have a little wit, a little banter, and then uh, some wisdom as well mixed in there just with whatever we're reading. So just a fun, fun time to hang out, connect with people, especially coming out of COVID. So we're pretty much out of COVID times now, but yeah, it's fun to, fun to do something fun. Anyways, this book um, is pretty cool. It, um, let me read this little part of it. Um, so the author is uh, founder of a private intelligence and forecasting company. So he has looked at historical trends in war, finance, you know, you name it, and uh, found trends in that, found different cycles that happen every so often every 20 years or 50 years or whatever it may be. And, and he kind of takes the happenings of today in society and in politics, and then he projects that forward over the next hundred years. So um, it gets a little dicey uh, about 80 years into the future, or rather around 2080, when he's talking about, uh, you know, if steps one, two, and three happen, then by then we'll probably have uh, a space station. We'll probably have uh, militarized weapons in space, militarized satellites, things like that. And he projects a, uh, uh, well, I don't want to give it away, but he projects some fun happenings in space. And uh, it's it's a little out there and not quite like, Star Warsian or anything crazy like that, but or I guess Star Trek would be the better reference. But it's just a really cool, challenging book to uh, to think through. And um, yeah, and if you know if X country um, does well, then they'll you know grow a lot in certain ways. And yeah, anyways, it's a good read. And then another book we've read for that whiskey wit and wisdom is it's called invisible women and it looks 
at a uh, highly statistical and studied uh, you know, view and research about how um, pretty much for you know, recent history, I'll call it, that society has been, um, uh, or rather research and data has silenced women, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, but it, it was a great read. I, I highly recommend it. I probably wouldn't have come across it, um, had it not been for, for this book club. So, uh, yeah. Well, let's call that a wrap, folks. Oh, right at an hour. Um, so yeah, that was episode two of, uh, there we go, Real Life and Fantasy Football. Uh, thanks for sticking with me through the draft, talking some football, talking some real life. Uh, we will be back with episode three next week. Uh, I got several drafts coming up. Hopefully we'll record some of those and do a live draft as well. Get some other co-hosts on here. Um, but yeah, until then, hope you guys have a great week. And um, yeah. There you go.